the other day I was sitting down to get my hair cut and the hair uh, stylist was getting to know me a little bit and smiling and we were laughing and having a good time. And then the dreaded question came, of course, what do you do for a living? (laughs) As a pastor, it's always uh, one of the tough questions. One of my preaching professors said once that she has a persona that she goes around as a flight attendant when she doesn't want to enter into those deep conversations. (laughs) Uh, But I decided to risk and say, I'm a pastor. And I could see that the color drained out of her face and she had no idea what to say next. So she said, do you like it? (laughs) (laughs) She's just buying herself time while she's thinking, have I been cursing in front of him? Have I? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I'm curious. I'm here, Matt here with uh, Meta and Miriam and Derek. And I'm curious if you have stories like that uh, of wearing your spirituality on your sleeve. My, my husband gets a kick out of introducing me when he takes me to work events and parties or I meet his colleagues if they don't already know what I do. And he gets a real kick out of watching people realize that I am a parish pastor. Um, because usually we're at a happy hour or at a big Christmas party or um, we've been talking about their vocation for a long time and they catch themselves and they look at Matt like, oh, what does that mean for you? Like, what is your life like being married to a pastor? And I, I love Matt's response when people go, oh, did you ever think you were going to marry a pastor? He always says, I didn't marry a pastor. I married Meta, who happens to be a pastor. I often find myself, maybe not in these words, but saying something along the lines of, um, I'm not that kind of Christian. And that feels kind of crappy because you you feel like you're disowning your family or something. But I mean, there has been so much damage um, and trauma done in the name of Christianity that owning that there is a different kind of Christianity and owning that there is, um, a Christianity that, that can include, um, questions and doubt and fear and open-mindedness and affirmation of marginalized people feels really important to me. Yeah. There's some layers to people's reaction too. Like, but you're a woman if they've never seen a female clergy person before or, um, but you're so young. Well, I'm three years older than Jesus was when he was crucified. So it's all relative. <laughs> yeah. I. Every oh. pastor was 36 once. Yeah. I uh, identify as bisexual. And so when I'm in queer circles, I often feel like it's harder to come out as a Christian in, in queer circles uh, than it is to come out as queer in Christian circles. Granted, I run in some pretty progressive Christian circles and that's not the case for everybody. Um, but it's, it's unexpected, um, and, and comes with a lot of baggage. My friend Natalia Turfa is just that different sort of Christian. She's curious and hopeful and welcoming and is articulating a different sort of welcome for people on the margins. She's written a book called Uplift that offers little morsels of good news for daily digestion. And she's a pastor in the Minneapolis area. Through social media, she met Nora McInerney, whose brutal honesty and deep humor connect her story with others. I sat down with Nora and Natalia to hear a little bit more about Nora's journey to faith. So you were not at church for a while. 
any church any church for mm-hmm. a while and you we we became facebook not facebook friends twitter friends twitter followers you followed me like as a like, creeper Look, i'm going to let this i'm going to let this <laughs> jesus lady follow me not going to block her but i'm a little suspect and um then somebody came to i think the still kick in birthday party and handed me your book and said this this is my friend Natalia wrote this book she was she would never give it to you it's I was like true. I love that that is a lead I really did enjoy that <laughs> and um but I wanted you to have it and it stayed wrapped because Ralph took it uh he's he was like four at the time maybe three and a half and he he just h- tends to take things put them away and then I did find it and I read it and your book is called uplift it's I had never heard any of these words before a devotional <laughs> never had heard that by the way I was like what is this and it turns out what this book is is little tiny chapters that are um that include like a bit of the bible and then a little takeaway from it so this is what I've been missing my entire life because a, I grew up catholic that's a devotional it's a devotional so for the readers or Listeners, for whoever doesn't know, I was not familiar with that um, format, <laughs> that verbiage, and um, what it was. And you're supposed to read like one a week. I read it all in a day. I was like, oh my God, these are so good. Exactly how we planned it. Exactly. So good. But I keep it. And then I started buying it for everybody and just giving it to everybody. And I was like, look, I don't love religion, but you might not hate this book. Like if you hate church, you might like this book. And that's how I pitched it. And I, you've got a lot of fans. <laughs> you've got a lot of fans. So, so Nora and then I followed I, you back yeah, after so Nora, I read the book. Nora and I started a mutual admiration society via Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then there's a long DM conversation about church, which was like, tell me about this church thing. I'm not so interested in the religion thing, but also... Right. This pastor part, like, tell me more about that. Yeah, is how it also you're a lady pastor, which yeah. in my upbringing was not a thing. Um, and I do know and am related to a lot of enthusiastic Catholics. It was <laughs> lost on me. Um, I think that I liked being Catholic, frankly, because it was like confusing. And so I felt like a little superior. Like, I'm a part of something I don't even understand. <laughs> like, I belong to some, frankly, could not tell you what it's about. I went to church or mass. Um, my entire life and literally had no idea what was happening at any point. I was like, are we standing? Okay. Uh, and then sitting again, kneeling up, down, like no clue, no clue. Could not tell you what any homily was about. Um, I remember, yeah, I, I just, um, it was just over my head like the entire time. So religion was more of an obligation um, and never something that I really like felt which is kind of unfortunate because I spent my entire life in in religious schools and just never felt anything. I don't think anybody ever told me that like God loved me. I mean, I think it was like a part of songs we sang sang in in grade school, but I don't think anybody was ever, um, I don't know, God was just like sort of like an ambivalent, like distant parent, Um, maybe an uncle that you don't (laughs) see very often, Uh, but not like just truly like not a part of my life. This week on Alter Guild, we offer you Nora and Natalia's full conversation as a gift. Their free-ranging chat went in some surprising directions, but it opened up to wonder on multiple occasions. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. 
All right. Um, I'm Nora McInerney. I'm a writer and the host of a different podcast called Terrible Thanks for Asking. And I am a widow and a mom and a mother figure, too many, and a stepmom to two. And I am married to two guys, but one is dead. But my current husband is named Matthew. My dead husband is named Aaron. And uh, I drive a Honda Odyssey. I like to work that into as many conversations as possible. They're going to give you money you know, eventually. They're, they're going to, eventually, they're going to understand the value that I bring to their company. But um, until then, I'll just keep just advocating for uh, the world's uh, best car. I don't think like the Sven Clogs, they're going to send you a new car for, I mean, for Mother's Day. We can, we can hope. We can hope. Luther Hopkins Honda, everyone. Just kidding. Take that out. <laughs> Take that out. Unless they're sponsoring this. Luther Hopkins Honda, definitely a great place to buy a Honda Odyssey or any other Honda car that you were interested in buying. And they also have a great collision place when you back your Honda into another car for literally no reason. No reason. There was no reason for me to put the car in reverse, and I did. And there's another car there. And she was nice about it, but very confused, and so was I. I was like, we're at a stop sign. I don't know why I did that. Like, can I tell you how many children I have? That'll yeah. explain everything. Yeah. She was like, I just want your insurance information. I was like, absolutely. But also, I want you to like me, and I'm sorry that I hate your car. <laughs> really sorry. <laughs> I'm desperate for your approval, woman whose car I hit in the DMV parking lot. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, to renew my license. <laughs> sure, like, we're going to just Yeah, we're going to just that take that. They don't ask you those kinds of questions. Like, how many collisions did you get in in the parking lot on your way to renew this? They just assume you are okay to drive. Very loose regulations. Um, <clears throat> so Nora is, we're going to call you a member, even though officially you haven't done any membership classes, but we also yeah. hate membership classes. So mm. we're just going to call you a I think I got a letter about that. Yeah, I bet but you I did. don't open my mail. So I've got a lot of problems that have stemmed from that inaction on my behalf. But I I'm, I believe I'm a member of your church. Yeah. We, I sit in the front. No one else does. I know. I know. So Nora walks in five minutes late. Five to eight. <laughs> five to eight minutes late. Sometimes with a child. Mm-hmm. Sometimes tells her kids that it's an adults only Sunday so that they don't come with her to church. Because I like church and they kind of ruin it for me, honestly. <laughs> they do. I'm like, this. I just have to watch you oh. now. It's like... Oh, yep. So because the problem with your church is that kids like going to it. I know, which is a bummer. It's a bummer. They love a parent. (laughs) It's a bummer for a parent who just wants to like soak up like maybe some a lesson, maybe some God and not, you know, oh my gosh, last time Ralph came, he was in the play area, which is separated by a wall of glass. And I just let him go. I knew he he said he was looking for a Lego he had lost weeks before. I said, go for it. And then right as everything is wrapping up. During the prayers. (laughs) During the prayers, he did. Do you remember from The Simpsons when. Or The Graduate. Or The Graduate when they bang on the glass. Or Wayne's World. This is Bouvier. And he's like hitting the glass. And we can hear the thump, thump, thump. And he's just back there like. And then I turn around and he just waves like a dope, like, hey, right here. I'm like, I know. <laughs> You're like, oh my I was gosh. 0% worried about your location this entire time. So yeah, usually I tell my kids that kids aren't allowed at church and I go alone so I can enjoy it. <laughs> Which then we have to unteach them that later. True. <laughs> no. True. It's I'm never thinking long term. I'm really living in the moment day to day here. But I do. I go, you know, a little late. I try to be on time as with everything in life. But, you know, there's always a seat up front. 
That's what I found. Yes. There's, you, no matter how crowded it is, the front row will the always be open. The front row is always open. Always. Same with the second row, actually, because that's a little too close to the front. Oh, I love people. it. <laughs> right in front. I want to see. So Nora walks in. Um, for the listeners that don't know, she's like seven feet tall. So Nora usually walks in seven feet tall all by herself to the second row of the middle section. <laughs> Just just late and proud and it's wonderful and that's why we love you i'm here okay <laughs> so you're I'm ours here. even if you're not officially a member right exactly so Nora, is, is that the woman who's chronically tardy yes <laughs> janet it's me <laughs> i think that i'd seen a lot of people be very hurt by religion i wasn't very interested in belonging to a church that was devoted to telling people like who was out and who was not included. And that seemed like the opposite of what a loving God would want out of us and would want for us too. So um, it just seemed like it, like a religion had done the world more harm than good and I would be fine without it. And um, yeah, but I did, I did want to belong to something. Um, I just didn't know what or how like how to have a relationship with god um or even believe in god without like a building to tell me how yeah. or to tell me that i did so when aaron was dying mm-hmm. was faith a part of that heck no no <laughs> no um no and i think i you know like i would use like prayers like sort of like a like a not like an emergency helpline, <laughs> but sort of like as a just in case, like maybe like, you know, like we baptized, I mean, Aaron was not religious. We baptized Ralph because he was like, what if I'm wrong? Like, let's just, what if, you know, let's just do it. Can't hurt, might help. You know, we'll find out. Uh, we'll find out when we die. And, um, and that seemed fair to me. Plus it like made my dad so happy. So we did that. And, um, and then not really, but Right before Aaron died, my dad died, and uh, my father was mega Catholic, and he had uh, one of our our family, you know, favorite family priests, um, Father Gillespie, who's a lovely man. He came over and did last rites for my dad, and there is something just really beautiful and, like, holy about death, honestly, and especially when you add in, like, a ritual, which is what last rites is. It's just, like, a goodbye ritual. It's Mm -hmm. just really a beautiful goodbye, and... So we did that, and I knew those prayers so I could participate. And when we left, you know, Aaron, who had never wanted to go to church or be involved in anything, was like, I want that. Like, when I'm, when I'm going, that's what I want. I want Father Gillespie. I want whatever that was. <laughs> so we did that. Um, and it was really beautiful. And I think that now that I look back, now that I look back at the experience of Aaron had brain cancer, and he was sick for our entire marriage. So he was sick for three years and, you know, my dad was sick for like, I mean, probably like 30 years, like he was in Vietnam and then he got cancer. He, he had five months that we knew that he had cancer and he died. And, um, I think that like, I can look back at those years now and say that they were the hardest years of my life. And also in a way that they were the happiest because we were so present with one another and people were so kind to us. And at the time, I couldn't really see that. Like at the time, I could see the ways that people were messing up for sure. It's like so um, there's like almost like a soothing element to anger, honestly, when you're sad. Just like it's like a salve to feel something else. Yeah. Uh, It's a great distraction. But 
so many people showed up for us in so many different ways. Um, my friend Kylie uh, is also like a, a Christian, um, and I'd not let that got I'd not let that get in the way of our friendship. But uh, <laughs> God, I'm really telling. I hope everyone's just buckled up because this train of thought is leaving the station. So. <laughs> Now I can look back and, and see like God in that experience in a way that I couldn't at the time and I would have probably completely rejected. Um, but I got um, what I would call unexpectedly pregnant a few months after I met my now husband. <laughs> um, couldn't tell you how. And uh, I had taken a pregnancy test one day. I'd left the pregnancy test on the sink because it was a little shocking. I had a lot on my mind. I also had somewhere else to be. I somehow like first I had forgotten something. Kylie went to my house to get it. She used the bathroom. She saw it. She was like, what? She never said anything to me. But months later, when I did end up telling her, um, she said something to me and she was like, I know that these past few years have been really hard and that this is probably scary and conflicting as well which I loved that she would acknowledge that. And I hope that you feel like how you have been held in God's hands. And for if anyone would have said that to me at any other point in my life, I think I would have wanted to like punch them. <laughs> and I did feel it. Like I did. I did feel, um, I did feel that. Then I had the baby and he is just such like a light for our family. And um, yeah, and I did go to your church and I really liked it. The baby got baptized. <laughs> he did. At our he church. Did. He did. Um, and Sophie wants to be baptized, by the way, because she was baptized, I think, when she was a baby, but like um, her, I don't know, she wants new godparents. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. it's a great time to talk about promises. Mm -hmm. <laughs> great time. Because yeah. Lutherans mm -hmm. don't believe in rebaptism, mm. but um, I mean, no one has to know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we also, I mean, I love this, the idea of the ritual of going back to the last rites and that sort of like, I mean, one of the things I, I mean, we're not Catholic, so I, I don't, we don't do last rites in the Lutheran church, but we do have ritual around the time of death and sort of what we remind people. And I feel like my one thing that I say around every hospital bedside or every hospice bed is like retracing that cross on the forehead and being like, this is a promise. And like, it is the thing that cancer doesn't take away and illness doesn't take away. And, you know, all these things don't remove that, even if you don't believe in it or if you're not sure about it or all those things you can be like, but that's like, that's the one thing you've got. Like God has said, like, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. That is the thing, even when you're not sure, you can, you come back to. And that's what those ritual moments like, like a baptism or last rites or even those prayerful moments where you're like, I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to pray anyway. I feel like that's that reminder of like, your gods, your gods. And you're like, okay, God, if I'm yours, what does that mean? Right? What is that promise of like always being claimed and called a child of God? Like, what does that mean in those moments, even when you don't believe it? And I, I sort of feel like it's the one thing you can always hold on to because it's not dependent on on anything you do on anything you do right yeah. and that's i mean that's like the whole, i feel like that's why people were when aaron saw that ritual with your dad that he's like i want that because you want that reminder in those moments of like whose am i like mm -hmm. whose am i and i think that's so even when you choose to say to somebody like 
we're going to baptize this kid because what if we're wrong? Mm-hmm. It's like, if even if you're not sure what you believe in those moments, that promise to me is the thing that's like, I want them to know who they are always. Like, I want that to be the thing that defines them when, of course, you're going to walk out of the room and the world's going to be like... So crappy. (laughs) (laughs) I think especially when you're baptized, when you're a baby, a lot of the times when you're picking a godparent, uh, you're not picking somebody in the best interest of your kids. You're picking somebody who, like, politically in your family, like, <laughs> makes sense. And that's what she ended up with. She ended yeah. up. I had a weird old guy priest. How's that? There we go. Yeah. Weird old guy priest. Yeah. Father Jerome. Yeah. Just, it's so odd. <laughs> so, so and weird. I had, I mean, my godparents got a divorce. And so now I'm like, who, who's, who's in charge? Who adopts me if my parents die? <laughs> well, that's the nice thing. Lutherans don't, don't do that whole weird, like, if something happens to you, your godparents get the child. That's weird. Yeah. It's like. That's a weird thing. Yeah. So that's why we call them sponsors. Sponsors. Got it. Okay. <laughs> remember from that very in-depth baptism class. In-depth baptism class I took. <laughs> well, you know, like certain things, certain <laughs> phrases are going to die hard with me. That's one. That's one. Um, okay. But, sponsors. I can deal. Yeah. And you sort of choose a person who can help answer questions and be a person of faith in their life. So the right. people you chose for Q yeah. are... Mo and Kylie are people who are that for him that yeah. he can go to and ans- ask mm-hmm. questions and who, you know, are a support system for him. And mm-hmm. like, that's a really beautiful thing. Cause again, you said it earlier when you were talking, like you want to belong. Right. Yeah. And part of that promise is like the community makes promises to the person being baptized and God makes promises to the person being baptized. And that's like, just is really beautiful. And people are like, why do we need the church now? And I'm like, cause we need people to hold us in these moments. And like, uh, a Lutheran pastor lady always says, like, your yoga teacher is not going to bring you a casserole if your person dies. And I'm like, <laughs> amen. Like, that's totally true. Like, you mm-hmm. need, like, that's what your community does. So if something is happening in your life, like, our church would be there for you mm-hmm. and our church would surround you and, and be with your family and help you as you need to. And I think when you get to witness that, it's so beautiful. I mean, you have a great community outside of church, mm-hmm. but there's something really beautiful about a community making a promise to a baptized child or adult or whatever we whoever is getting baptized and saying like we're going to help you and because life sucks and we're going to help you on this journey and I find like that as equally as beautiful as the claiming of God is the claiming of a community on on a person and saying like you're ours now and like we're going to be with you in this weird life thing and when people ask for private baptisms I'm always like no because because like we we get to be with you and like we promise stuff to you and those promises mean something Mm -hmm. and like we we want to see you we want to know like when you walk in with your family like our church is like yeah she's ours if i bring them if 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 it's a child sunday if if it's a child friendly (laughs) sunday Uh, which you know is pretty rare but it's pretty rare it's pretty rare i know ralph today was like wait so tomorrow's a stay home day that's what we call weekends he's like and then the stay home day and then the next day is also a stay home day is it a church day i was like tbd <laughs> tbd depends depends let me check let, let me-, me check the cal i don't know if it's but honestly it's just like i just want to go and sit and not answer like you know mom 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 Mom, I'm like I'm listening, not to you, dude. So, but he also is too shy to go to preschool or the the Sunday, Sunday school, school stuff. So he's just got to go stand alone in the back of the church. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like I feel like you know I do I do like that that everybody seems pretty chill with my free range children. 
So here's to free-range children and free-range parents and free-range people, free-range conversations and free-range experiences, the promises that connect us in ritual, whether they are words spoken at a bedside or over a baby in baptism. They ground us in something that's older and deeper than anything we can imagine. Whether church has meant everything or nothing at all for you, know that you belong. Whether your faith was inherited or whether you're reinventing it, the promise stands, not because we have it all figured out, but because we belong. Alter Guild is hosted by Meta Herrick Carlson, Matthew Ian Fleming, Miriam Samuelson Roberts, and Derek Tronsgaard, with edits by Matt and Derek. We're trying to grow the Alter Guild and would love your help. Share it with someone you know. Send us a line at alterguild at gmail.com. That's A L T E R. Or leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the podcast. And be sure to tune in next week for another conversation about faith and promise. And in the meantime, go in peace, listen, love, serve, and alter. <laughs>